Welcome to the SoCal Artist Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of layering with oil painting and will apply to other mediums as well. This is the SoCal Artist Podcast and thank you for joining. So to get started, I'm going to bring it back to some basics, which is stuff I've talked about in other podcasts and I'm sure you've used in uh, or read about in your books that you might learn from or from school. But uh, taking it back one step at a time, I'd like to go over the importance of layering because I feel it's hard to describe how important this is especially when you're first starting out and focusing on blocking and focusing on values that you might not realize that oil paints need some type of layering to them. And what I mean by this is a painting, you can paint without going into multiple layers. But the, the way if you really want your paintings to thrive and to have uh, multiple um, color mixtures going and some nice contrast and some uh, on, honestly harmony throughout the entire piece, then layering is so, so important. And it goes actually back to the planning stages. So uh, to get us started here, I'm going to take it back to the planning stages themselves. And this is what I always talk about with going from dark to light so when you start with a blank canvas, it comes white. Now you can paint on top of this white. You can gesso it. You can tone it. Um, you can uh, do many things. You can paint straight on the canvas. The only issues there are it tends to bleed into the canvas, especially with oil paints, so it will dull over time. But if you are just getting started with a canvas, I highly, highly recommend... Um, one, either getting a gesso layer on top, and two, toning the canvas. You don't need to do these things, but uh, from my experience, anytime I gesso the canvas first, it tends to pop out a bit more and not dull as much um, as I come back to the painting in a couple months. But I've I've painted directly on canvas before without... Uh, gessoing it which is perfectly okay as well and you can always varnish and bring out the the coloring uh, once you oil out but something I'd recommend doing for sure is toning the canvas so the reason why toning is important is because when you're toning the canvas you are getting a mid-tone down so if to give you an example of why this can cause problems if you don't do this, let's say you are working on a painting and it's got a lot of highlights in the painting themselves. And let's say they're, you know, yellow, yellow, white highlights, maybe from the sun reflecting on something. Imagine you have a blank white canvas and you start painting a bright, very light value yellow on top of a white canvas just try to imagine that for a second it's not going to 
really pop out on that canvas. You're going to have a white canvas with a very not so far off the white yellow mark that is barely visible on top of the canvas. So for that exact reason, let's say that was the focal point of the entire painting and now you just painted this yellow white uh, value on top of a blank white canvas. You now have kind of not really made that a focal point and you've actually kind of uh, lessened the effect that that highlight could have had if you toned the canvas, if you went from darks to light, which is honestly one of the biggest reasons why I feel that this is so important because you're bringing the focal point, you're bringing the viewer's attention to the spots that you want them to look at throughout the, the piece themselves. And yeah, so this is why going from dark to light is so important and I will continue to to always beat this into the skulls of everyone who who attempts to listen but if you watch me paint I mean I I'm going to block I'm going I'm going to block values in and you know I'm going to uh kind of get bigger shapes going uh, but I'm always going to start with a toned canvas and I'll tone it with let's say a burnt sienna or kind of an earthy color so once you decide if the painting is going to be warm or cool, um, you know, something that I do is if there's a lot of blues in the subject themselves, I definitely want to get some some contrasting color in the mid-tones or, or for the toning of the canvas. So if it's going to be a, a lot of, you know, there's water and there's maybe a wave or something and and you're getting a lot of blues later on, it's going to balance really well with putting a maybe a crimson orange with earthier tones like a burnt sienna uh, to really make those blues pop out when you actually do put them on and it'll actually kind of give a glowing effect so if there was a sunset and you just um, which is actually my most recent painting of a of a sunset in hawaii with with a guy standing over the ocean and i did this exact thing i i toned the canvas with crimson orange and a burnt sienna mixture and I um, you know drew out the value structure there and then as I continue to paint on top of this it's going to uh, really give a glowing effect almost like there is a sun beaming down and yes we're covering a lot of the the tone um, of the canvas with our new colors but it's going to give a nice effect there in contrast against the blues. So obviously toning the canvas is something I, I highly recommend, but let's talk about just building the layers themselves. So I tend to follow a very structured process and in my head, even when things are going awry, I always say to myself, trust the process because I'd say the first 20% of the painting is pretty messy and it's like an uncomfortable messy it's like you're getting scaling sizing uh getting the proportions correct you're not starting on the colors yet the color mixtures and really you just want to make sure the drawing is in place the design is in place the um composition is gonna look good 
And that's what the first 20% is just this mildly uncomfortable, like just trying to figure it out. But what I do is I have the tone canvas. I start sketching out the the structure of the the um, subject and where I want everything to, to lie. And I'm using the same mixture that I'm toning the canvas with, but going a little bit darker. So I have this mid-tone for the canvas. Then I'm sketching out the, the values there. I'm sketching out the subject with a darker mixture. And maybe you can get darker by just adding a little bit more of let's say you added a it was an ultramarine blue and or a cobalt blue and uh, a burnt sienna you can get darker by just adding a little bit of blue in there a little bit more blue and really just start kind of sketching it out once you have this then you start blocking in those darker values like let's okay i see this darker shape here let's just get that with the same dark mixture. Let's uh, start move, moving around the canvas and really build out that composition or the design. Because the composition and the design is really what makes it ple- you know, pleasurable, <laughs> for lack of a better term, to the viewer themselves when they're looking at a piece. You're, you're kind of looking at the different objects in the foreground, the background, and um, the subject themselves and the composition kind of lays the guidelines or the map for the viewer to see. So once you are sketching this out, once I'm sketching this out, I'm blocking it in and then I'm moving to, um, I will actually take the rag. I learned this um, back in uh, figure painting classes I took with a Zorn palette. But just honestly, if you can show the values uh from the from the get-go then you can make it easier on yourself later down the line so just grab a rag and either uh, try to rub some of the paint out in the highlights or the lightest spots of the painting um, or get a tiny bit of paint thinner on the rag and take the paint off in the spots that you want to really show the highlights this is something richard schmidt does as well for ala prima and I learned it in a course. I, I trust this process as well. And yeah, so now you'll have on your canvas this dark values and these midtones. And you have these light areas where you're like, okay, this is where your eyes are going to get kind of drawn to. So now you're kind of, okay, where, where should I work? Let's start color mixing and getting some block-ins, some, uh, some, a good way to think about it is a base color for all of the different areas in the painting. You have the, the structure, you have the guideline, the map, where everything's going to show you where to go. So if I'm going to go to the bottom left and there's sand down there and I have this yellow ochre mixture with, um, let's say, it's, you know, crimson orange just slightly and you're toning it down or um, getting a variation of this so it's not so saturated. Um, yeah, you're blocking this in, so you're building that up. And here's where, so now that you're starting to, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know about block-ins because you're probably in some form of oil painting or some type of painting where you've learned about blocking in, but just getting big shapes, not focusing on details, getting a base color there. But here's where you want to start thinking about what's going to come later down the line. And so 
if you're thinking about how things are going to sit on top of each other, then it's really going to help you later down the line. And it's going to cut out time. It's going to add some really cool effects. And it's going to, uh, it's honestly going to just make the piece feel more harmonious and together as one. So something to think about. And this, this part is hard for me to explain. And I've really tried to figure out how I want to convey this. I can do this teaching people with the paints in front of us but this is talking about it on a podcast is actually not very easy so i'm going to do my best here but you're blocking in and what i do from this point you have the block ins you have the midtones you've kind of redefined the darkest values and maybe you have some light values that are sitting there to to let you know these are where i'm going to block in but something something that you can do now is you almost got to look at the painting as an x-ray. And what I mean by that is let's say there's a highlight, highlights in the water that you're like, okay, I want the water at the very top to stand out at the end of this painting. At the end of this painting, I want it to stand out. It does not need to stand out right now. And by the way, this is not the only way to do this. Other artists may do this completely differently. But here's how I do it. I want this high, these highlights to stand out at the very end. So I'm going to hold off on the highlights for as long as possible. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off, which is going to make the painting not as appealing for 80% of the time. But I, I want that, that highlight right there to be just kind of this at the very end. Oh my God, look at this. It, look at that little green um, green mark in the water with the white and it just kind of ca- captured your attention there. So look around that highlight in your subject and you might start noticing that there's like some some like purple hues and some some bluish hues and maybe there's just the slightest bit of yellow in there as well. When you're color mixing and and working in spots around the painting, if you have a good mixture and you place it somewhere in the painting, look to see where else throughout the painting you can use that exact mixture. And this is going to create a very harmonious effect throughout the painting, but if you see if you made this yellow, you took some cadmium yellow and you mixed it with some sap green and maybe like a hint of radiant magenta and it made this beautiful color and you're like, man, like this isn't exactly like the subject color because I'm not talking about photorealism here. But you're like, this is kind of a cool substitute for what I see in real life or in the photo reference. Let me put this right here. And you put it in the water and and it's kind of this mid-tone, light value uh, mixture. Look throughout the painting and the subject, where else can I use this mixture? Even if it's not exactly the same as the photo reference, but you kind of see some, some pinkish, orangish hue, uh, like our mixture that we just made on the subject itself or on the sand or um, in the sky use and 
and and put those put that color mixture down and these strokes these brush strokes that you just made with that color something to be cognizant about as you move further down the painting is I never want to fully cover this stroke I just made. I made such a beautiful color mixture and I used it in certain spots throughout the painting. I do not want to cover this mixture completely in the spots that I put them down. That doesn't mean you can't cover it part partially or, um, or blend it in or use something else to kind of uh, push it in different areas or yeah pretty much tone it to something else but i want a little bit of that to stay there at the very end of this painting regardless of where i go and so now throughout the entire painting that's i i'm seeing these marks i made with these beautiful color mixture mixtures and i'm working my way to the final final highlights and Throughout the painting, I'm grabbing different color mixtures. Where else can I put this? Um, doing the same thing, even with, and I talked about a beautiful color, but even those toned, toned down uh, color mixtures that you made that is kind of more dull actually serve a pretty big purpose. And they actually are beautiful in itself because those allow the rest of the colors to shine. I mean, they're literally like the coach for the colors uh for the team it's those are there to support the saturated colors the highlights without those dull colors without those um not as bright color mixtures the saturated colors themselves wouldn't be as magnificent now that's not entirely true because i actually follow quite a few painters who only go saturated and their their work are pretty damn fantastic but for myself i i actually use both dull and saturated color mixtures and so let's say you followed exactly what i've talked about you've toned the canvas you've drawn out the structure of the subject with a darker value you've started blocking in with darker values and wiping off with a rag the lightest values then you move on to um, base color color mixtures and got some big shapes going and you have an entire painting that's fully, uh, fully blocked in of just the big shapes of where you want everything to be. And you have a solid guidelines and you start moving on to detail work where you're working around the painting and blending in and going darker there and lighter there and kind of moving towards the lightest. Hopefully, if I've said anything um, that's stuck, that working your way to the focal point or the highlights at the very end is is such a good way to to think of it because you might have a painting that looks dull 70% of the time but now you're on that final third as we say in soccer that final third where you're working towards the lightest and the most detail work you can already feel this painting is getting very close to done now just get a color mixture with some whites some reds uh, to make some pinks or some yellow variations of white or some cool variations of white with some blues and just start going around the painting and add those last steps to the entire piece itself whether it's the reflection on the shirt and the 
or the reflection on the water or the the little highlight on the sand and just add these and this is a great way to also feel in your in your eyes that the painting is finished and you don't need to do anything else more to the painting i've already done all the darkest darks and the, the mid-tones and and my final piece was these highlights that i used with a palette knife or just and you'll see how the entire piece comes together at the very end so i hope this this uh made sense in a podcast because obviously you can't visualize what i'm doing except from imaginary imagination but one last thing i want to convey is there's transparent paints and there's opaque paint paints transparent being more see-through transparent and opaque being uh, less see-through think of opacity there's guides to to tell you how um, transparent and opaque paints are so that is something to be aware of when you're painting on top of other layers is this paint going to be opaque or is it going to be transparent and how does it interact with the layers underneath does it cover it completely does it kind of blend it in show kind of uh just give it some more foundation uh where with the layers below and um yeah this so this is the last step that i wanted to talk about because it's definitely something to, to think about while you're painting and especially as you're building on top of layers and not just blocking in big shapes but you're actually like working your way up to those highlights am i covering those beautiful mixtures that i made earlier or is it is it set in stone so if you have questions please reach out but i'm also looking for artists to start interviewing on this podcast and hear your story so if you are a full-time artist and you have uh you know been full-time and are working your way through the process or um, have some insight you'd love to share let's connect please reach out to ryan Kinseth art at yahoo.com and as always please leave a review a review of how you like this podcast and if you have any questions you want me to address i'm happy to move that direction as well so thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day mm-hmm.